Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and you are listening to another installment of the Talking Grammar podcast. This will be episode seven. Quick turnaround from episode six. I just posted that one yesterday with Danny Granger, the former Lobo, former NBA All-Star, being the primary guest on that one. And this one, episode seven, coincides with senior night for the UNM Lobo men's basketball team. And three seniors will be making their final walk down the pit ramp. Antonio Jackson, the graduate transfer from Akron, who has been a, a not only a great scorer and great assist man, but a guy who's developed into that point guard role for the Lobos when after three seasons at Akron, he had played shooting guard. So he took a chance on a program last offseason when he was a graduate transfer, could have gone to a whole lot of places, chose UNM, even though they had an unproven head coach, uh, a roster in flux at the time. And uh, it's paid off quite well. He's certainly appreciative of Paul Weir taking a chance on him. And Paul Weir is appreciative of of Antino's choice to come to UNM and help lay a foundation for the future. And the other one of the other seniors, Sam Logwood, very interesting four-year career um, with the UNM. He's played in 112 games. He scored a, earlier this season a career high of 27 points. But he's a guy that's kind of showed flashes as a freshman of being a really good player and, and never really changed from that face-up um, three-spot role. Never never looked to be getting a whole lot better his sophomore and junior years. And he would tell you that has to do with him playing out of position. Paul insteps Paul Weir, puts him at a more natural back-to-the-basket position. He's a mismatch across the Mountain West. They put a smaller guy on him, and he is able to just bully him and back him back to the basket, kind of back him down and score. Um, very physical player. Uh, put a bigger guy on him. He's quick enough to blow right by him and, and get to the rim. So Sam Logwood has been flourishing lately. He's gone through a lot of off-the-court stuff this season and, and had to do so in front of thousands of people watching. Uh, I, I don't care what age you are. That's a tough thing to go through. But a college student, sometimes we forget what they that they have life outside of basketball that sometimes um it's tough to deal with he took a personal leave from the team had to leave the team earlier this year and was frankly heavily criticized by a lot of people a lot of lobo fans a lot of people were criticizing him for things he was going through his teammates and his coach kind of stuck by him patiently waited things out and once he came back sam logwood right now is absolutely playing the best basketball of his four-year college career and uh, right at the right time right when they're heading into march that's when he wants to do it, and he's been very open, very candid over the past month about the growth he's gone through and how appreciative he is of those teammates and Coach Paul Weir um, for kind of sticking by him, and he he made some, made a comment a couple weeks ago about how he's happy he went through all this right now rather than at his next step um, when he's trying to maybe make some money playing professionally overseas or wherever that may be. So Sam Logwood will be making his last walk down the ramp the the six foot eight power forward or six foot eight forward from Indianapolis and um, Antonio Jackson being from Houston and the the third senior I was scrolling down my notes here the third senior Joe Firstinger from Santa Margarita California had you told me over the first three years of Joe Firstinger's UNM Lobo career when I covered him that he would even be a starter let alone the guy who I would for my money tell you has become the most valuable player of this Lobo team. Um, I, I never would have believed you. And I don't think too many Lobo fans would have either. The, uh, the way Joe has developed this year um, between a little burst boost of confidence and a whole lot of time in the weight room 
and conditioning. Um, it's it's been quite quite the story to watch Joe Firstinger. He's been an emotional guy throughout his career, but he's also added this year an awful lot of skill and game to what he brought to the table the previous three years, which was sort of just a, a spark plug off the bench who might come in foul pretty quickly, die for a couple loose balls, a couple flexes to get the crowd going, and then go back to the bench. But this year, especially when Connor McDougal went down and sprained his ankle in October against BYU and chose to redshirt this year, Joe Firstinger was the only experienced big man left. And as you'll hear Paul Weir talk about in this podcast today, the, the whole season really was in Joe Firstinger's hands when Connor McDougal went down. And if Joe didn't step up and develop the way he did, season could have got really ugly. And for a while, it maybe, you know, anyone could argue that it did. It was pretty ugly. But once Joe came around, remember, this is a guy who went 95 games in his college career without a double-double, then had four in a row at one point. Things just clicked. And once they did, he became this team's leader and this team's most valuable player, not only because of the position um, of need that the Lobos had and that he plays, but because he has every teammate's back, unlike you know, almost any Lobo I've seen. Uh, they love the guy for it. And it's been really fun watching Joe Firstinger grow and mature and become, you know, the, the record books aren't going to show Joe Firstinger's name very many places um, for years to come. But he's really become kind of etched his his place in Lobo, Lobo lore, if you will, and uh, really become a crowd favorite. So it'll be interesting to see the emotional Joe Firstinger's final walk down the ramp tomorrow night um, against Fresno State. He's certainly trying to say it's all about the game. It's not about senior night, but uh, he's an emotional guy. I think he'll show a little bit of emotion tomorrow night. So conversation first was with Paul Weir and the foundation. The three seniors left um, not only moving forward, but for help lay not only moving forward, but for the next eight days of this program. And then I had a conversation with two of the three seniors, Antonio Jackson and Joe Firstinger, who have become really close friends too. And um, it was fun talking with them. Sam Logwood wasn't able to make it. But here we go. Let's start off with the conversation with UNM Lobo men's basketball coach Paul Weir talking about his three departing seniors playing their final game on senior night Saturday in the Mountain West regular season finale against Fresno State. Saturday night, you got senior night, you got three seniors. Uh, I guess for starters, I want to talk maybe, I guess let's start with individually. Let's go one by one. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about what this senior class might mean you know long term i know some of the questions long term we just won't know until sure until things play out down the road but let's start let's start off individually um antino's the guy that's been here the shortest amount of time what uh what legacy do you think maybe antino what, what legacy would you like fans to maybe have for antino jackson i mean i think uh first of all for a grad transfer to kind of come here on a team that was kind of getting blown up slash rebuilt slash whatever it is you want to kind of define as new coach, a lot of unknowns. Uh, for him to kind of come out here and take a chance on me and on us, I think for a guy with one year to go, um, says a lot, you know, not only about his faith in us, um, but hopefully kind of, kind of vindicating some of those things. So I'm really thankful for him to kind of come and give this year's team some legitimacy. That was something I wanted to do all along. Along. I, I said it a, a, 
very many times I didn't want to punt on this season that wasn't what it was going to be we weren't just going to kind of rebuild and, and play a bunch of freshmen or sign a bunch of kids or take a lot of transfers or hold a bunch of scholarships we really wanted to try and win with this year's team and Antonio was a big piece of that um, because we needed our point guards to kind of come in and be able to play right away and bring back Joe and bring back Sam you know improve from within um, and Antonio was a big piece of that so I'll, I'll always be thankful for him to for gi- giving us a chance and giving us, I think, some short-term stability. How, how do you sell that to him way back in the recruiting process, though? There's obviously a portion of, hey, you're going to be able to play right away because we don't have a lot of point guards, mm-hmm. but you also don't want to downsell the team and, and make it sound like you're going to play a lot because we don't sure. have anybody. So there's, there had to be a little bit of a balancing act. Well, I, I think, think, you know, in fairness, um, probably even to us, He'd never really been point guard before. Yeah. You know, it wasn't something he was given the opportunity at. He Akron. probably knew that he needed to be if he wants to. Exactly stand. right. Okay. And, and we were in a position where we could say, hey, you know what? We'll let you play here and we'll figure it out. Um, so, you know, I think it was a healthy marriage from, from that perspective. But nevertheless, for a kid going into his senior year to go somewhere where on paper it may not look like it's going to be the greatest of seasons, I thought, you know, showed a lot of faith on his part that, that I'll all, I think we'll all always be thankful for. All right. Uh, I'll go ahead and move on then. Let's, uh, let's go to Sam now. Uh, Sam's had an interesting year, an interesting career, and and most of it wasn't with you. So I guess as best you can in, in less than one year, one calendar year's time, what what have you learned about Sam? What's going to be your memory, and, and what would you kind of want fans to, to remember about Sam Logwood? You know, I think the most interesting thing about my relationship with Sam is it's it's just beginning, you know, and and it's it's obviously um, had a lot of ups and downs in the first almost eleven months now or whatever it happened to be, um, and I've gotten to know him, and I think he's gotten to know me, and we've had some really great stretches together, and maybe some really challenging stretches together, but I'm excited just because it's really just our first chapter, you know, and I'm hopeful that I'll be here for him and, and be able to kind of help him going forward um, well after he's done here. Um, I look forward to that. I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll trust me to kind of continue to have that relationship as well. Um, we're obviously in the last couple weeks or, or whatever it happens to be, and I, I, I don't even know how I could sum it up because we're just we're, we're still working a lot of things out together and, and learning more about each other. Surprising to you, though, I would think. You you didn't expect maybe I, w- I, I don't want to put words yeah. in your mouth but I can't imagine you expected this agreed I, you know what I, I never um, uh, probably appreciated uh, the depth to which Sam's emotions go um, and um, he's not a, a, a simple kid to figure out. There, there's a lot of layers. And, uh, you know, as I'm starting to uncover those, I think he's starting to uncover yeah, I was say, some. He seems to kind of be yeah, and, coming And I think it's a, it's a very interesting kind of learning process for me as a coach, for him as a young man, and for us just kind of together. So that's probably why I said what I said at the outset. It's just, it's just the beginning, you know, and I'm hopeful that this is part of a, a journey for him that, that I can be a part of. And obviously basketball is in the middle of it, and, and I want him to play the best he can, and I think he wants our team to be the best it can so we're doing that right now but aside from that you know hopefully it's the beginning of just a lifelong friendship no regrets on handling of anything on either side i know there was certainly a point in the season where had you wanted to cut ties with sam logwood because he needed some time Mm -hmm. um you could have and you chose not to any regrets about any any of the handling of that or where you are today based on 
what could have been maybe back in December? You know, I, I mean, I think you always look back and think, what what could you have done differently to make something better? You know, the, the points that we got to with sand, did we always have to get there? And or, you know, could I have done something different at some point along the way to, to shift things? But there's no manual for a first-year coach uh, putting in an entirely new system with a kid who transferred, who's going into his senior year. Like, there's just so much going on there um, that, unfortunately, we just had to organically allow it to unfold and then navigate through that as it did. And um, I think the, 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 all, those other, all those things happened along the way, hopefully for a reason, and I think it's allowed us to get to this point. And hopefully this is even just a launching point to our relationship in the future. Pretty good player, too, though. I mean, yep. just straight on the court. Um, what has he grown on the court since uh, since he took over? Yeah, I mean, I think even before I got the job uh, officially and, and even as I got the job officially, I thought he was the, the, the perfect piece to what we were trying to do. I thought he was going to be a kind of undersized power forward that was going to use his speed and his strength and athleticism. He'd be great at the top of a press and just kind of really help us establish how we wanted to play. Um, it took a while to get there, particularly on the offensive end. I think it took a time for him to kind of get a, a balance into what we were trying to do and just a, a rhythm into it. And took me some time as well to learn how to coach him that way but um, he was always like a, a good prototypical piece to what we were doing and and now I think he's starting to show some I think he's shown the flashes all year long but I think he's showing them now in longer stretches which is, has made us a more productive team all right let's move on to Joe Firstinger in a lot of ways Joe's a guy that is a fan favorite but also a guy that maybe maybe he hasn't been given the credit he's due as an actual basketball player as opposed to just a spark off the bench is what I think a lot of people thought of him as, probably myself included. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize he could become as as just quality and maybe even skilled a, a basketball player as, as I think he is now. I didn't think that at the beginning of the year. Why Why was that? Why Why did I not maybe, and I, I speak, I, I'm saying my, myself, I think a lot of fans probably thought this too. Why did we not maybe all see in Joe what he's doing now? Um, and did you see that from the start? I mean, uh, you know, I think I said this a few days ago. I, I saw it um, at the start, um, and, and the start being April through November. Okay. Um, I, I think we all, you know, saw a lot there with Joe on, on a lot of different levels. When the game started, those first five, six, seven games, it wasn't going very well, you know, and that's where probably I was like, uh-oh, you know what, maybe we just overvalued this kid. Maybe maybe we just saw something that really wasn't quite there. Let's be honest. Let's look at the three years. You know, he's never really played. Yeah. Maybe we just overvalued him. Um, but then he really found a groove and, and really started showing some things. And at the beginning, it's like, well, is he going to keep it up? And then everyone was surprised, and then it just kept going and going and going. And then, you know, next thing you know, you look up, and it's like, wow, he's he's right there. He's a, he's a, he's a middle-of-the-pack Mountain West center right now. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And, uh, and that's huge. That was huge for our, our season to go from really having nobody up front that was proven at all. Uh, we were going in with him and Connor, hopefully. And then when Connor went down, I mean, really our, our season kind of lied in Joel's hands a little bit because if he wasn't able to step up and give us those kinds of games and minutes and numbers, our season would have been really lost. And uh, so I'm, I'm happy for him. You know, he can probably tell you a lot more about the, maybe the things that have gone in in the past or now yeah. and how that's changed. But I think – we saw it, and it just took a little bit of patience, I think, for him to get through those first six, seven games. And what about as a leader? I mean, he's he, he, he tries to be in a quiet way sometimes, Yeah. and he's the kind of guy that'll be the first one to go pick a guy up off the floor. Yep. If there's two guys pushing each other, he'll get in between them and stick up for his guys. Um, 
he's he's a guy that wants to wants to be that guy on this team. I would think, and there's value to that. I know. Agreed. Yeah. No. Look, I, there's parts of that I think that are really valuable, not only to him and the way he plays, but our team as well. He is emotional. He does get charged up. Um, he does invigorate people in in positive and negative ways. He's a he's a feisty kind of kid. Um, always has been, and I think those things are 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 productive at times. And then there are times it, it crosses the line and maybe is unproductive. But independent of all of that, um, he, he's a really, really good young man. He has His parents have raised him very well. He's incredibly well-mannered. He's polite. Um, he, he's a really, really good kid. And, um, you know, when you couple that with sometimes that emotional stuff, it's an unusual package. You know, you usually don't get that. Usually yeah. you're going to get that same emotional um, unst- uns- instability maybe you see on the court. Maybe you get that off the court as well, but you don't. Mm-hmm. He's never late for anything. He's, he never speaks out a turn. He doesn't disrespect anyone. He's never done anything even remotely like that. So Joe just comes in a really unique package, and it, it takes a little bit of time to really – understand how unique he is um, but he's amazing he, he's an amazing teammate he's a great young man to be around he just does some things on the court once in a while that people will construe for maybe those other things not being the case well, he seems to be the kind of quintessential sort of I want that guy on my team if for no other reason is I don't want to play against that guy yeah. I mean he kind of seems like one of those um, as a unit these three seniors then they're a part of a, of a team that's a couple games above 500 you guys still haven't you know, written the final chapter of this season. Um, if you guys make a run, that'd be great. If you guys don't make a run, what did this senior class do not only for this season but for what you hope to build here? Yeah, I mean, I think the greatest thing about these guys um, in particular, uh, it, and also obviously reflects our team, I just think was their kind of persistence and commitment through the struggle, you know. And when we were 3-8, and eight, it was probably pretty easy to pack it in. And, and we've seen a lot of other teams in our league or around the country, and they've, they've, they've packed it in, you know. And we had a lot of times we could have packed it in this year, um, or they could have, I should say. And, um, you know, for a first-year guy that they don't necessarily have a ton of allegiance to and don't even really necessarily have to follow because they are halfway there are halfway out the door. Um, they did, you know, and, and they followed my lead, and I'll always be tremendously thankful to them for that. And that's what makes kind of us turning the corner make me feel so good about just because they, they were able to see that there was a light at the end of the tunnel, and there is a payoff to kind of all the stuff we did. So I'll always be really thankful for them to just buying in and, and sticking with me, sticking with us and what we were trying to do here with the style of play and the practice, all the different things we've done. They could have very easily just said screw this why are we doing this what's going on and just packed it in and they didn't and they and they they stuck it out uh and i'm hopeful they'll be able to reap the benefits of that it's a unique uh senior class in that all three of them have well i know obviously antino to get here already Mm -hmm. had a degree yeah uh joe walked and and i think completed his coursework sam walked but doesn't he still have a class i believe sam's got two to go two to go but he was close enough where he walked so essentially you, you had three seniors who we're all college graduates. I mean, they they're deg- they all have their degree pretty much wrapped up. Yep. Um, that's, uh, I guess, in the big picture, that's what this is supposed to be about anyway. So um, from that standpoint, I, I imagine there's some pride, too, for a program to have three guys that you know got their degree. Agreed. No, uh, Bobby Knight once said that, you know, when, when – 
his players are playing for them, you know, he's their coach and they're the player. And then when they graduate, they become friends, you know, and, and I'm looking forward to my relationships with all three of them. They're all three very different individuals, yeah. uh, very different players, different everything. But it's been a real pleasure getting to know them. I told all three of them, I wish they were freshmen. I wish we were just starting this journey together and we could all get to know each other for four more years. Unfortunately, it was a, it was a small time that we had together, but I'm thankful for it and I'm hopeful that it's just the beginning. Uh, last thing for me, I was talking to Joe and Antonio the other day together and uh, doing a little trash talk with each other. They seem to maybe have been a little uncertain about each other when when Antonio first got here in the summer. Maybe it took a little time for him to, to come around, kind of like I was saying about myself even and some other fans, to come around to realize Joe's, Joe's a pretty good player and a yeah. good, pretty good teammate. Um, but they seem to get along pretty well now yep. and, and uh, have, a, have a bond that... That, that's unique for a guy that just one just got here. One's a four-year guy, and and uh, have you seen these guys bond? Obviously, Joe and Sam seem to have a, a yeah, pretty unique bond too. They do. Uh, I remember on our first road trip, I, I handed out questionnaires. We went to scrimmage uh, Northern Arizona, and I handed out questionnaires to each of the guys, just just asking them a plethora of questions. And one of them was, "Who's your room? Who would you like to pick as your roommates for the road this year?" And uh, I remember getting them all back, and uh, I gave them three choices, you know. So someone would say, I want Jeff, I want Paul, I want whoever. And uh, Antonio put Joe, Joe, and Joe. So at that <laughs> point, I realized that. And I didn't even know. And I, yeah. I remember telling the staff, like, I didn't know Antonio and Joe even, like, knew each <laughs> other. I'm like, yeah, no. And, uh, so I knew then well, that those guys had gotten a bit of a connection at some point that, that they enjoyed. And that was October for you yeah. when that was going on. Yeah. Um, I'm not around them near as much as you, but I'm around them a lot more than a, a lot of other people. And when I talked to them just within the past week, that surprised me that it seemed – I didn't know if he was just being – nice because it's you know about to yeah. be senior night and, and i'm talking to them together or what but it seemed pretty genuine and to know like yeah. really has come around to liking joe firstinger yeah no question so that's pretty cool no um, question sounds good obviously uh big game from just a basketball standpoint all kinds of other things do you try not to let the senior night kind of the uh ceremonial part of senior night for sure yeah uh, at the end of the day this is a really big game for us that's our number one priority that's what our team's been prided on all year it's not about anything individually oriented or or auxiliary oriented it's really just about the upcoming game and what can we do to win and and doing everything we can to get that done sounds good anything else you want to say about saturday night or about these seniors um not really. It's a it's a really unique group of kids, as I've reflected yeah. on just even talking to you now. Just three really different individuals that have really their own paths, but they're all I hope to be thought of as great Lobos in their own way. You know, Antonio being, I think, you know, like the first real grad transfer to ever come here and kind of do that. Um, Joe, obviously, the persistence of fighting through the three years of not playing a ton, and then Sam kind of battling through the things he's battled through his whole career. So, you know, three just different stories, but but hopefully all equal Lobos nonetheless. Awesome. Paul, I appreciate it, and thank you for the time. Thanks, man. All right, so uh, there you have it. Lobo basketball coach Paul Weir talking about his three seniors. Some some really good stuff there. I appreciate Paul for having the time, taking the time to talk to me about his three seniors. And now let's get to the next part of the podcast conversation I had with. Oh, I was hoping for all three seniors to have been there, but Sam Logwood couldn't have made it or couldn't make it. So this is Antono Jackson and Joe Firstinger talking about their Lobo careers and their bond they've they've had together and just kind of having some fun talking a little trash with one another too so here we go antino jackson and joe Firstinger from earlier in the week
I'm here with Antonio Jackson and Joe Firstinger, and this is uh, senior week for you guys both, and I wanted to talk to both of you guys about that and just sort of what it means to both of you, um, not only individually, but kind of what this season's been about. So um, let's start, I guess, Antonio with you. You guys no, no, he got to start. He you don't start. want to start with, I can start with Joe. No, no, Joe's start. been here longer. You want to start yeah. with Joe since he's been here longer? Um, you have been here longer, Joe, so what's... What's I mean? Have you started to think about what Saturday night's going to feel like, and kind of the culmination of four years? I mean, uh, I haven't thought about it too much. I mean, it's obviously going to be my last time in the pit, but it'll be a good game, and whoever wins that game, to get the third place. Are you trying hard to make it? I mean, you're talking about who's getting third place in the game. Are you trying hard to make it just about the game and not about maybe a culmination of, of four years being here? And I mean, the yeah, I think it's mainly about the game. And, like, going out with the win. What have you seen, before I ask him, in just one year's time, what have you seen from Antonio and, and kind of what, how would you describe what in one year's time his legacy might be on this program? I mean, he's an all right point guard. <laughs> no, he's a pretty good point guard. He's a really good teammate. Teammate. I'm really happy I got to spend my last year with him and he's definitely became one of my closest friends and just I really enjoyed playing with him. Was there a point in this season when you when you realized he's a you know okay point guard? Um, like how how soon did you realize that that he could play a little bit? Uh, probably uh, like the first day he got here, like one of the first days he got here, I realized how fast he was and yeah. how good he is at distributing the ball to the bigs, basically. If he gets it to the bigs, that's yeah, that's, that's pretty that's, much all you care that's about, good right? With me. That's, good that's with what me. the bigs want. Yeah. Um, what have you seen? Let's. I'll start with you talking about Joe, and then I'll ask you um, kind of describe your season. But what did you see this season in Joe Firstinger, and, and when did he kind of grow on you to the point where you realized, you know, what he is to this program? Well, well, at first, um, me and Joe wasn't the coolest because, like, we used to always be on separate teams. Yeah. Like, you know how Joe is. He set hard screens on me and stuff, so we used to get in, like, a lot of arguments at Open Gym. But, like, my biggest thing for him is, like, knowing that he hasn't played in the last, you know, three years and, like, like seeing, like, like this guy plays hard and he really has potential. Like, you know, he's been limited to the things that he could have been doing, like, his whole career. You know, just as a senior, like, just seeing him, like, prosper and, like, just, you know, coming in every day, just working hard and just staying at it is just, like, inspiring and just, like, you know, I just really respect him for that as a, as a person. But Joe, first thing, is the kind of guy you want on your team Facts. not to have to play against. For sure. Um, he, uh, in some of those open gyms when he was on the other team, though, I mean, he's why is it that, and not just that he gets under your skin, but, like, what does he do maybe defensively that that's hard to to score against or hard to, to protect? You know, he's protecting the rim and stuff like that. What does he do so well? Um, what do you say the instance of him guarding me or just in general? Well, just what does he do on the floor defensively? I, I imagine he wasn't guarding you one-on-one -on -one that often. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he does kind of set, up, set a tone defensively. Not for sure. It's, his energy is um, unmatchable sometimes, and I think he's our, our best rim protector. So, you know what I mean? Like, he blocks shots down there. Not even if he blocks shots, he changed up shots. You know, he's been rebounding really well in the last two months. So, you know, I just think, like, he's our best rim protector, and he gets defensive rebounds when we need him. And he just plays hard. Um, what do you think? He, uh, he's driving the lane on you in practice? Nah, he won't score me. He won't score he, he knows that. He knows that. Huh. He knows that by now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, all right. So now I asked him to describe kind of what Saturday night's going to mean to him. What's it going to mean to you? And what do you 
kind of what stamp do you hope you left just in, in a short time on being a little Um, You know, it's been a little different for me because, like, you know, obviously, like, I'm a transfer. And, um, you know, I just honestly just, like, glad and happy that I came here just because, like, you know, all the people embraced me here. You know, like, I felt like um, before, like, at the beginning, you know, I wasn't really, like, doing anything. But, like, once they start seeing, like, who I was, really, like, they start embracing me. And I just... This fan base and, like, everything about this place and the pit and just everybody, it's just, like, it was, like, a, a very drastic change for me. I went from average of 5,000 to, like, come like 12,000. Like, it's crazy, and it's just a fun place to play. And, you know, um, I'm going to be really sad, but the game is definitely going to be bigger than me on Saturday because I know um, it's winning time, and, you know, we had a pivotal point in our season. So, like, you know, I'm not worried about, like, as a senior, but I'm definitely, I think I've been thinking about it a little too much, and, you know. Going to be tough? I mean. I think it's, it's, it's for sure going to be tough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they say college basketball is one of your best times of your life, like, better than pro and all that. Like, just being in this atmosphere and just playing, like, um, just being in more still fun and not, like, a business. Like, they say college basketball is your best days. So, you know, I think I'm going to take it pretty hard, but, you know, like I said, um, it's business on Saturday, and the, the game is, is bigger than me. Like, it's not about being a senior. I just want to win a basketball game like Joe said. All right, I'll ask you, both, Joe, I'll start with you on this. First time first time down the ramp for you was when? Must have been the, probably a howl, I guess, right? Yeah, it was the howl freshman year when, uh, when was it? It was the year after he rode down the bike, so what did he do that year? Was that the? Did he dress up as the mascot? That was my sophomore year. That was your sophomore year. So he did the bike. Then he, he oh did, the haircut. He, yeah, he, he did the haircut. Hair. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he had been growing it out, and yeah. he'd been growing it out his, and then he didn't cut his. Yeah, um, he backed out. Um, so you walked down the ramp. What was the feeling like? And, and what? When did you kind of have maybe your first pit moment? Or I mean, obviously my freshman year, it was like sold out every game, and like all the fans were amazing and. Like, they still are, but uh, it's just, like, I honestly don't know my, uh, like my pit moment, but, like, just as a freshman experiencing that and going through four years of all the amazing fans, like, it's definitely been a really great experience. I guess without, you know, without getting into the weeds about how the, the some of those seasons went, you went from a freshman year where the fans were, it was 15,000 a night, it was selling out. Um to it dropping and now these last couple games especially it seems like they're kind of coming back I mean is it you could have had you left you wouldn't have seen them kind of coming back I mean yeah. is there some satisfaction in the fact that it looks like the fans are starting to make their way yeah. back now yeah definitely Coach, uh, Coach Weir definitely like is really great at uh, bringing uh, like outside people like into our program and like uh, making events like at the pit so more people come out and yeah. he's done a really great job at that um, do you have a pit moment like the one kind of moment or your first I guess your first time walking down the ramp would have been BYU I guess right no the scrimmage right no, I ain't gonna lie when I first got on campus I was thirsty so yeah. like I was up and down the ramp by myself <laughs> so, <laughs> so like just doing it yourself yeah like imagining yeah just imagining a crowd and it's just it was everything that I thought it was gonna be and like like I said like I just feel like this is a very special place to play but um, I would say my pit moment was obviously like the San Diego State game yeah. when I hit that shot and I, I probably won't ever forget that for the rest of my life you know I think besides last night when I hit that shot 
I, um, that's the loudest I ever heard it get after besides like when McQuashie hit his I think that kind of like topped it with the noise and like the people too but like you know um, that was obviously my pit moment and you know we had a good fan base and um, you know I just made a good shot and you know, I would never forget that for the rest of my life. So. All right, this year you guys have played yourself into obviously a, a better spot than most people predicted, um, better spot than I predicted, and I even predicted you guys a little bit better than most. But I was still down there at seventh. You guys are playing for um, for bigger things than that. So, is this season what you guys expected? I guess at what point did you really think that this playing in your final week of the regular season was actually going to mean be meaningful games? When did you guys realize that, or did you guys never? Never not think that. Um, I'm honestly, um, you know, like, you know, it's always been an up and down season, but like, we just got to, I just give all the credit to Coach Weir. Like, you know, after all the losses and all, all the stuff that, you know, we've been through, like, we came in each and every day and just continued to work. And like, he just said, like, you know, for us seniors, like, he's not going to give up on us. And we already, we already knew that we had the potential to be like, like we are now. And we're finally starting to click. And, um, I just think like he gets all the credit for that just for just keep on believing in us and just not giving up on us and um you know I think he deserves credit for that so I just say like you know the the work the work is finally paying off like we laugh and talk about off days cuz like we really just be on it every single day like I know you know like we come in mornings and then go back to practice and then, yeah, crazy. yeah we're we're working so like I think it's going to pay off in Vegas and I think you know that's why we we are what we are right now what about yeah. you is there a moment this year that you kind of yeah, even though at the beginning of the year we were losing a few more games than we we should have but we all still believed that like we were a great team and like we could have like done what we're doing right now like coach Weir has always believed in us all the coaches have always believed in us and like all, just well, what Anton said the work we put, put in is finally paying off and, and like it just feels great to get some wins alright if there's one thing you can have Lobo fans remember about Joe Firstinger's Lobo what, what do you hope they remember or what do you hope they kind of either picture or, or think of you and is it just flexing on the court there honestly maybe I mean I just bring lots of energy and uh, I mean talk a lot of trash and like like that's about it. But I mean, I mean while you do all that stuff and you do get under opponent's skins and, yeah, and I think yeah. you, you probably understand that. But yeah. um, through all that though, it's all about team though. I mean, yeah. you, you come in as even just the other night you come in and sticking up for McQuatch and, yeah. and and sticking up for teammates. That's what you've been about for four years. Yeah, I mean, I mean Quatch is still freshman of the year in my books, <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, honestly, like just support, supporting the team is like the main important, uh, most important thing for me. What about you, what do you hope local fans remember about your time here? Um, I'll just say like the the passion I play with. Obviously, just being fast on the court with the ball and just just try to um, try to be a positive person. All right, I'll do. Uh, I'll wrap this up with some kind of rapid fire. Not so much about senior night or your time as the Lobos, but. Uh, you were dancing earlier this year on a couple, uh, oh, yeah. a couple tweets, uh, tweet video, tweet videos, and uh, Instagram videos, and all that. And um, I asked Joe after one game uh, if he could dance like that. He said he might have to do it down down the road. Can Joe dance? Joe, yes, yes, I can. I'm the Joe best cannot, dancer on the team. Joe cannot dance. He <laughs> yes, sucks at dancing. I'm the best dancer on the team. <laughs> he tries to dance, though, so like, you got to give him credit for that, but he cannot dance. He has no rhythm. I'm the best dancer on the team. I'm He's the, the, the best, best thing he does is, is talk trash. Seriously. 
I talk, yeah, I'm the best talk, uh, trash talker in the country. You a top five? Sure. <laughs> I'm number one, bro. Artifacts. And I'm the best dancer in the country. Uh, we we really gonna do a dance off for real? Yeah, that. that's gonna be a we're gonna do a, our senior night. We're gonna try to make something for a video, a dance off of me against Joe. All right, we can do that. And who, and who's gonna? I mean, I think I know how you guys are both answer, but who's gonna win? Me. me. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. All right, who's the? Uh, you say you're the best trash talker in the country. I guess take you guys out of it. Who on this team talks the best trash, and who on this team thinks they talk the best trash, and is like really bad at it? I feel like everyone's not that good at it. There's so not, not a lot of good trash talkers on the team, but you, you, you no, Anthony Mathis oh, is the best. Oh, oh, oh. He's the Anthony best. is. Anthony he, he's talks top five so, in the country. Also. Anthony talks so much trash. Is he good at it? He's, yes. He's, okay. he's good. At it. I, look, I, it was one time at Wyoming. The ref came up to me and was like. Why does number thirty two like talk so much? Like he he needs he needs my whistle. I'm like, I don't know. Like he just like y'all need to tell him to stop talking. Like he he's funny though with it. Like, I'll tell you what, people like mobile fans think Anthony Mathis is the nicest boy. Nah. He's, he's, he's they got the, the wrong impression. He's the guy at the end of the bench last year that just had to play. He's so nice. Why isn't he playing? So he talks trash, huh? No, nah, he talks trash. No, but he's a, he's a he's a great person. He's a great person. He, he is. I mean, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a great trash teammate. He's a great teammate. Yeah, he's a great teammate. Also, like. We love to play with him. No, that's, that's one of my favorite Lobos. Yeah, he's yeah he's one of my favorite too. Well, you and him go at it and practice a little bit. Yeah, we go at it all the time. But we've been doing that for a while. But yeah, me and him are pretty close. All right, is there anybody on the team that uh, like thinks they're funnier than they are or talks trash and just isn't any good at it? I'd say I don't know. Is there anybody that makes a joke that like laughs at his own joke and nobody else is laughing kind of stuff? I think I do that. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, yeah. I just get talking in trash. So. <laughs> Right. He's not even a funny dude. Hmm? He's not even a funny dude, bro. He said, I'm not a funny dude? No. No. All right, so Coach Weir, all the weird stuff he's been doing um, from bringing in Greg Jackson to talk to you guys, the MMA stuff, the, the yoga in the offseason, the running as much as he had you guys running. Was there ever one thing that Coach Weir had you guys doing that kind of had you guys scratching your head a little bit? Like, this one I just don't get. Uh, not for me. I've been 100% uh, perfect for everything Coach Weir has done, especially since I've been through, like, not doing anything for practice, for ever having anyone come in. So everything Coach Weir has done, I've been 100% perfect and loved it. I loved everything he's done. Yeah, anything that he's tried that didn't really clean up with you? No, um, you know, it's, it's been a little bit different. Like, I can honestly say, like, this is the hardest that, you know, um, I ever worked in the off season and in season. And, you know, I think it's making me nothing but better. So, like, you know, sometimes that I don't, like, sometimes, like, know, like, what's it for, but, like, in the long run, like like right now, like I see why, like because like people obviously think like we all supposed to be drained, like our legs and all this, but like I can literally run all day, like right now, like I just I feel fresh right now in my body right now going into March, and in my last three years, like I haven't felt like that, and I did less. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like it's weird, and like at the time you'd be like, dang, but now like I really see why we did all this stuff, but. I, Still, like, as a head coach, you're never supposed to question your head coach, so you just go along with the thing. Right. I mean, at the time, obviously, you guys aren't going to say, Coach, and I, yeah, I'm yeah. not doing this, but, like, yoga today or meditation today or whatever he has you guys doing. Um, last one, then. Favorite place other than the pit that you guys played at, I guess, for you this year or or the previous three years. You, you can let us know. Um, you go first. Other than the pit? Yeah, other than Purdue the pit. Purdue was the best place. Where? I'm sorry? Purdue. Purdue? Yeah. That that game, so that game, let's see, that was two years ago now or three? I guess that was three already. Two. That was my sophomore year. Was it sophomore year? Okay. No. Was that last year? 
No. That was called uh, yeah. yeah, Little Boy Mystery. Uh, that was two years ago. Um. So, but anyway, the, Purdue was. I mean, that that yeah. environment was. Yeah, that was by far the best place I ever played, besides the pit. Yeah. What about in the Mountain West? Are you gonna have any fond memories of any opposing arenas? I mean, we don't know about this Wednesday, but other than that, I can't really think of a tough place to play in the Mountain West besides the pit. What about you, this year or your whole college career? Um, if there was another place. I got two places. I would say uh, my I played at Arkansas my sophomore year, yeah. and then at Gonzaga. It was, okay. That was a that was a crazy place. Okay. They in that court is set up like a high school, like yeah. you know, like they're really close to the court, and like their fan base is crazy. So that student section's right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. So, what about this year? Anything surprised you about opposing venues this year in the Mountain West? I mean, it's it's not like it was. Like this, the Mountain West used to have some opposing. Well, they said San Diego, but I didn't get to yeah, experience that. that. But I don't think no, nah. Nothing, nothing has nothing on the pit. All right. You already came here with a degree. Um, you earned your degree in December, right? Yeah. Um, first of all, what, what are your degrees that I you already have? I double, double uh, major in uh, communication and psychology. All right. And, and what's your degree? Sports in? management. All right. What are you guys doing right now? Are you guys pursuing? I'm working on my master's in, in oils. Organization Communication Learning Sciences. All right. You going to be able to get that? Um, it's an online it's an online master program in a year and a half. So whatever I decide to do after this, I will still be able to work on it. So that's a cool deal. So yeah, that's, you, that's, are that's, you going to pursue? Yeah, I'll probably pursue my master's after this year. Okay. In? I honestly haven't really thought of it that but, much. But you will? You think you will? Okay. Yeah. All right. And playing beyond this year, is that the hope? Is that the plan? So yeah. Playing beyond this year. Play beyond this year? Off. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Make some money get, somewhere? Huh? Make some money somewhere? And I, this is, I've said it to anybody my whole life. Like, I don't work this hard to just say somewhere. Like, I want to play at the highest level first, and if it's not possible, then it is what it is. But my plan A is still to play at the highest level right now. So, like, I'll never say that, like, doubt myself about, like, playing just anywhere, you know what I mean? Like, so my goal is to try to make a roster. That's same with me. All right, man. All right, guys, I appreciate anything else you guys want to say about something to the fans or something about this season that leave leave Lobo fans with now that you guys have just one home game left? Thanks for everything for the past four years and just come out and support in Vegas for the tournament. Um, the Lobo, Lobo fans um, are amazing, and um, they actually made my last year the, one of the best years of my life and the experience of a lifetime. And we hope to see you all in Vegas and Saturday at Senior Night. Awesome, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for the time. Yeah, appreciate you. All right, there you go. They're the two of the three Lobo seniors that will be playing their final game in the pit on Saturday night against the Fresno State Bulldogs. The games, the game itself is a big one. Uh, the winner gets the third seed in next week's Mountain West Tournament. The loser gets the four seed. There is a scenario that Fresno State could fall all the way to the five, but a win by either of these two teams and a loss by Boise State actually means one of these two teams could be tied for second. They won't get the two seed in the tournament, but they could tie for second. And as you told anybody around Albuquerque last year, that uh, this Lobo team could be playing in the final game of the season for a share for second place in this league and would be playing certainly for either the three or the four seed in the Mountain West tournament. I don't think anybody would have believed you. And a lot of that has to do with these three seniors who are playing their final game in the pit on Saturday night. So certainly appreciate the time that they gave me to uh, talk about some of their memories playing 
for the Lobos and wish Sam Logwood could have been there, but he wasn't. So appreciate the time Joe and Antono gave me and certainly appreciate the time Paul Weir gave me to talk about the foundation the seniors have led. Not too sure when the next episode or the next podcast will be, but with the Mountain West Tournament in Vegas next week, certainly a busy week, but I'll probably try and find some time to talk to somebody there, uh, you know, a few times. Um, maybe I have a couple podcasts that I can put together courtside or whatever from the Mountain West Tournament with that I'll be spending the week there and we'll see what we can get going from Las Vegas. And as always, I appreciate you listening Give me some feedback if you like social media. I'm on Twitter all the time at Jeff Grammar. You can email me ggrammar at abqjournal.com and feel free to let my bosses know what you think about this as well. And hopefully we can make this a regular thing on the Albuquerque Journal's website. Again, thanks for tuning in to the Talking Grammar podcast. This was episode seven, episode eight. I'm sure we'll be out within the next week. Thanks for listening.